He thought he was in control. How wrong he was. What's up? I'm Shane with Dynamis Media, and I'm joined here with Stefan. Hello. And you are tuning into the Dark Side Drive-In, which is our uh, horror-themed drive-in movie review podcast. Honestly, like I have to say thank you to everyone that's been listening. We've had an overwhelming amount of support, and it's been fantastic. I didn't expect this. Um, Stefan did expect it, weirdly, but uh, I was... (laughs) not accurate. (laughs) So, um, thank you to everyone that's been listening, uh, reviewing everything. So do us a huge favor. If you like the show and you think you know someone that would like the show, um, go ahead and just, uh, you know, let them know like, Hey, these are some pretty cool dudes and they're talking about some pretty cool movies and, uh, you know, share the show. I don't think we plan on doing any kind of advertisement. So we're just, we're having fun and hoping that you have fun along the way with us too. So a little bit of housekeeping. So, uh, actually, I'm gonna have to interrupt okay. you real fast before you get to the regular housekeeping. Um, eh, I hate to have to do this, you know, only on our third episode in, but unfortunately, I did make a grievous error in the last episode, and I have to apologize for it. Um, you know, the, the people of America deserve better, but um, basically, everyone, I mistook. Uh, the film American Beauty for American Pie last time. I said it was American Pie. Everyone knows that the creepy kid with the camera was from American Beauty. Different movie, different tones, you know? Um, I'd like to say that it was just because of the existence of Not Another Teen Movie, which was riffing on all of these things. That's why it happened, but there's no excuse for making those kinds of errors. And I'll do better in the future. I'll have my phone uh, queued up to IMDb so that I know every movie that has ever existed for all time at once. But I thought it was important that we get ahead of this before we're rocked with scandal, you know, only a couple episodes into our show. Yeah, we lost like two major sponsors, so uh, which is my mom and uh, your mom. So, no, uh, I was. <laughs> That's not the reason we might lose my mom. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Really? My mom uh, doesn't like that I swear on the show. So neither does my mom. <laughs> Uh, not to be weird, Norman Bates anyways. Uh, so yeah, I think, um, I think that that's a pretty cool thing that you caught that before Twitter did. So we didn't get any mean tweets or, uh, I don't know, you know how people can get sometimes where they just lose their mind and have to tweet at you that you're wrong. So yeah, thanks for the correction and, uh, don't do it again or you're fired. Right. So, uh, understandable. You'll replace (laughs) me with what, like Chris Hardwick. Oh, is he available? Oh, is he, has he been canceled? Uh, I, I think he <laughs> was he really canceled? Well, yeah, like a, a number of years ago, though. But I think that AMC just like had a contract with him, so they just keep bringing him back for stuff. So, so wait, he's, wh- he's canceled, but not canceled at the same time. Why was he canceled? I, I don't I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I you really want to get into it here? It's like not chill. Like he uh, was okay. allegations of abuse of a oh, partner. Like, okay, never mind. Yeah, uh, yeah, and everyone at home now rolling. <laughs> on their sides of the hilarity of partner abuse. Yeah. Well, my bad. Uh, I guess people aren't usually canceled for good things. My man, it's not like, well, I didn't know like he was, was canceled like- for uh, rescuing capuchin monkeys from a burning building. Like, 
<laughs> uh, invasive species. Um, uh, are they? No, they're not. They're actually a vital part of that uh, ecosystem. Don't just make crazy claims, or I'm gonna have to have a. We're gonna have to do like corrections every episode. I'm trying to deflect from your correction. Is the whole is the whole plan? So oh, good, uh, good work, real tight, uh, tight, uh, you yeah. know, planning here. I can't wait to add effects to your apology now. Just you know, I'm gonna really ham it up. Anyways, Are you actually gonna do that? Oh, oh totally. Man. You have no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so. We uh, took a couple breaks from our other shows. Uh, one of our hosts went on a honeymoon. Congrats to him. It's awesome. And we decided to rework a couple things. So if you listen to our other shows, you should hear a little bit of a gap, but we should pick that back up here in a couple of weeks. Um, the website's been going really well. Um, our main man, Stefan here, has a great review up. You should go check it out at dynamismedia.com where um, Stefan is taking up the torch of reviewing movies. And um, I, I, you know, I feel like there isn't enough of like celebration of uh, theater goers anymore. So I think it's important to keep that going. So appreciate the work, Stefan. Um, you know, you're killing yeah. it. I was going to uh, go to the theater anyway, but yeah, might as yeah. well, get, like, well, might as get some content out of it, you know, such a crazy, and I know we're getting a little off topic, but it's such a crazy thing to think about, like, you know, 10 years ago, if, if you would have said no one's going to go to movies anymore, I, you know, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, I, that was such a huge part of my childhood and, and even like through high school and college going to movies, like getting everyone together, go to premiere night. That, that was like such a huge event for all of us. And to think now that that's just kind of gone, I know it's coming back, but you know, um, we all know COVID kind of took a toll on that, but it's just crazy that how fast that kind of went away. So pretty weird. But um, hey, we have a really, really good movie lined up um, that has a lot to do with chopping, dismemberment, um, <laughs> giant humanoid robots. Uh, let me think of all the other things the poster lied about. Um, body parts. Uh, where else am I at here? Why don't you just do a quick intro on the movie? Yeah. So <clears throat> apparently one of the things that I found out during my research ahead of this was that it originally was released under the title uh, Killbots, which kind of makes a lot more sense than Chopping Mall, considering that uh, not a lot of uh, chopping <laughs> happens in it. I don't know if anything that they, they do as robots to the people could be considered chopping. Um, but uh, so the original title is Killbots. It was released in, I think it was March of 86, and it did not um, do well with like the early audience screenings. So they changed the title to Chopping Mall and released it uh, later in the year. And it actually was a pretty modest uh, financial success all around. Um, granted, part of that is because of the low budget nature of the film and of the uh, it's basically anyone who knows a lot about, you know, maybe the the schlocky horror world, basically from the 50s on uh, knows the name Roger Corman. Uh, this is another uh, Roger Corman and, and his wife. Uh, Julie Corman. This is another production of theirs. Uh, so it it's really, uh, I wouldn't say cheap, but frugal. Like they aren't going to waste money. I think that part of the, the origin of this was that someone at like the studio came up with the idea that they might be able to get a mall to shoot a movie in. And Jim Wynorski, the director, uh, said, yeah, I can get you a script for this thing. Uh, it, like in a couple of days, if you let me direct it 
And the Cormans, being ready to just <laughs> let it happen, said yes. And I think within 24 hours, uh, Jim Wynorski had a story, like a story outline ready to go on what this movie would become. Yeah. So I, I feel like I, I really needed to know that. So I didn't know anything before going. So this is the first time I've seen this movie, which is crazy. And I needed to know that. I'm glad you did some research because I'm, I'm like looking at the cover. I'm like, all right, when did like the giant robots come? Or like, when are they going to start <laughs> chopping? I guess would be my first question. Yeah. There's a lot of checks written by the title and the movie poster slash VHS cover that are uh, uncashed. Like you said, the humanoid robots, because there's a hand gripping like a bag of body parts called chopping mall. You'd think it's gonna be a lot of chopping, but these are actually more like, uh, like robots on treads with like lasers and, tasers. and uh, yeah, lasers, tasers, uh, Blazers. What else do they have? I think they have sleep darts, but you never see the darts, but they do say that there are darts and people do act like they're getting hit by darts. And the only hands they have are like these like crab claw hands that like extend from their uh, weird Dalek like torsos. And uh fun fact about that, those almost everything on those robots was practical. And I think they use like little reacher grabber toys for the hands. So not dangerous uh, robot hands. <laughs> despite the number of murders they commit with them in the movie. They were extremely effective at uh, cutting the jugular. So I was like the, the pinching like the, yeah, that's how you, that's how you cut throats. If you're a, if you're a deranged robot in a mall. So, um, you know, when we talked about movies to do, uh, this was a must on your list. I think we, we were like, Hey, we have to hit these. And one of the big things was because it introduced a lot of like, not introduced, but there were some scream Queens, um, introduced in this movie to us at least or to the show so why don't you uh provide a little more background on on that well sure i can do that exact thing <laughs> um <laughs> uh kelly maroney is uh pretty well known not just as like a, a screen queen but just an 80s film in general um probably most famous for uh fast times at ridgemont high uh she was in night of the comet which is also an amazing like 80s horror movie and i would love it if we could do that at some point She's remained uh, pretty active uh, since then. She, she's been in more recent films like uh, Scare Package 2, Rad Chad's Revenge, which is a good movie, despite how crazy that title sounds. Sorority Babes and Slimeball Bolorama 2, which is not good, despite how crazy that title sounds. <laughs> um, but the important thing is she's staying you know, active and she's working. Um, so good for her. Uh, she plays our main character, uh, Allison, in, in this film. The other major screen queen in this would be uh, Barbara Crampton. Uh, she plays Susie, who's uh, Allison's you know best friend, kind of the person who puts together this entire party. Uh, you know, not that she knew that there was going to be uh, robot murders happening, <laughs> um, but uh, she's pretty famous for some uh, loosely defined Lovecraftian adaptations in the eighties. Uh, there was Stuart Gordon's Reanimator. Uh, from Beyond, uh, Castle Freak was another one, which is probably out of those the loosest adaptation of Lovecraft's work. Um, she was active for a really long time in like uh, soap operas. She was in, I think, Bold and the Beautiful and Young and the Restless. It's kind of hard to tell because those things have been going for decades, and it's hard to tell what she did then and what she's done more recently. But she's kind of had a career resurgence uh, since 2011's You're Next, very underrated horror movie it's kind of like uh it seems like it's gonna be like your standard home invasion slasher but then it turns out to be like a little bit more than meets the eye on that 
Uh, since then, she's worked pretty consistently on like uh, horror TV shows like uh, Channel Zero and, and Creep Show, and um, a handful of movies, both on the producing side and on the you know, acting side. She was in uh, Jacob's Wife, was a more recent one that I think is a Shutter original and is available there. And that one is a really interesting, like, kind of feminist take on like uh, the you know vampire mythology, which is a, a fun movie. Uh, she was like a side character in Superhost also on Shudder, which was really solid. And uh, for anyone who's a gamer out there, uh, she voiced Mom in uh, Back for Blood. The, what was it, the former studio that was Turtle Rock game? Yeah. So, yeah, she's been, she's been, uh, she was, went kind of inactive for a while there to focus on family and then got, you know, called back up to the majors and has been pretty active in, you know, horror for the last decade or so. So is Susie Slater a scream queen? Cause I know she's in this, she, she plays a pretty important role. She is a lesser scream queen. And actually it's kind of interesting that you bring her up because she had a, a number of titles like on her resume, uh, savage streets cartel. Her last one was mind twister, which is like an erotic thriller. So not really a scream queen kind of movie. But apparently she just like dropped off the face of the earth uh, to the point where when they tried to get like the cast back together for like a reunion thing, they couldn't even find her. Oh, wow. So she just like, yeah. So like whenever that like one movie came out, I think it was in uh, like, I think a couple years after this, she was just gone. So yeah, like I would say that she has the same, you know, chops as the rest of the screen Queens and that. Uh, there's no shortage of screaming in this movie. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, so she she definitely like it seemed like she had the makings of, you know, having a long career in this you know kind of movie. She was obviously involved with uh, Roger Corman. Roger Corman's like productions often like would reuse the same actors, the same directors and stuff like that. And it's really interesting that she just kind of dropped off the face of the earth and was like kind of never seen again. Like, it's really interesting. Yeah, because she was like a titular character in this in this uh, movie. That's yeah, she was one of our what was it four couples? I think yeah, yeah, one of our four main couples. And I would say uh, not to get too ahead of where we're at, but uh, probably the best kill in the entire thing. Yeah, I I was I was saving it. That it was uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, and everyone else in the in the cast um, has worked here and there, uh, mostly in TV show work. Uh, it's one of those like things like, you know, how people are always talking about how like, oh, this show like Law and Order was on so long that everyone was in Law and Order at some point. It seems like every of the like, especially the eight main uh, characters, everyone was in some episode or another of uh, Murder, She Wrote. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, what's going on in Cabot Cove that all these young people <laughs> are getting murdered? Well, I guess like, I, I, look, I don't want to get into it. I have a lot of questions about what's going on in the small town of Cabot Cove, Maine, that there's enough murders that they have like 260 episodes of that show. But it is interesting that all of these like actors basically made an appearance in there. Um, I think out of the rest of the cast, the the major standout is actually uh, uh, John Turleski, who plays uh, Mike in this, uh, better known as the guy who's chewing gum in every scene that Violently he's in chewing gum like he's chewing that gum like it like killed his parents like the gum didn't stand a chance no for real so like this dude okay he had like um some other films he like worked with like uh jim winorski on death stalker too but since then he's been like a really prolific tv director like if you name pretty much any show over the years like especially if it's a crime drama a long-running like serialized crime drama he's probably directed an episode of it like Criminal Minds, Castle, you know, uh, what is it? The Blacklist, uh, more recent shows like uh, The Rookie, uh, SWAT, the the new uh, Equalizer show. 
Like this dude's just directing episodes of everything. And, you know, great that he's still getting work. It's interesting that that's where he went. But it's like crazy to see like his director credits are like probably outnumber anyone else that I've seen other than people like this director, Jim Wynorski, who's his directing credits still refuse to stop and also refuse to make sense, which I guess I can't just say that and then not talk about Jim Wynorski's work because this dude, like I had texted you about this ahead of time that like he's like the master of uh, directing the second entry in a, like a series because yeah. he had done Deathstalker 2, like I just mentioned, he did uh, Big Bad Mama 2, Return to the Swamp Thing, Sorority House Massacre 2, 976 Evil Evil 2, Munchie, <laughs> which I wasn't going to bring it up, but he also directed the third Munchie, Munchie Strikes Back, which I didn't even know existed. But then like uh, over the years, he's still directing a ton of movies that are like like Dino Croc versus Super Gator or Camel Spiders or Piranaconda. This is all him doing these weird things. And he's also been doing like a ton of softcore porn that's like, you know, the less said about those, the better for the most part, except some of them have pretty funny titles like Invasion of the Hottie Snatchers or Sexapede. Uh, yeah, Sexapede is one of them. I didn't think that was a more clever one. I didn't write that one down. I thought the Da Vinci co-ed was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> but and then there was one that was called uh, Sharkansas's Women's Prison Massacre, like I play in Arkansas. And I was like. I can't tell if that's a porn movie or if that's a horror movie and I don't want to look more into it. And he also, uh, he's worked under like a ton of pseudonyms like, uh, Harold Blueberry, Rob Robertson, Salvador Ross, Sam Pepperman, Rip Masters and Jay Andrews. And it seems like each of those, uh, like pseudonyms is coded to a specific kind of movie. Like Jay Andrews is the guy who directs like all those, like, sci-fi channel original monster movies that's awesome and then he's just like inexplicably done children's movies like there's one called nessie and me about kids making friends with the loch ness monster and then one called a dog on christmas which is like a dog themed christmas movie so i'm just like going through his credits he has a recent release of a movie called kill bots originally titled murder bot yeah i saw that and i was wondering if like he's finally reclaiming this title that he originally went for for this but it had the plot is not the same, based at least based on the blurb that no, I saw. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. not. I just thought it was crazy that he was just like, you know, what? it's actually it's called Killbots, but it seems like it's about one robot. <laughs> so well, it was originally called Murderbot, and they're like, dude, your titles suck. We're gonna do Killbots, even you know though I mean? there's only the one, right, one robot. Like, Damn it, not again. <laughs> he literally can't. Yeah, he can't win. I'm gonna stay, um, I'm gonna stay with uh, Shark Babes or sexy wives sensations yeah i mean that's the thing is the dude must be is so old too and he's just like still churning out all of these movies like you know retire dude you've probably done enough in the world but like um what was it one of the oh one of the movies that he had done that i wanted to make sure that i brought up uh that has special interest to mostly to you and i but also to like a bunch of our old fraternity brothers mm-hmm. is uh the wasp woman he did oh, a yeah. remake of the wasp woman in like 1995 I have to imagine it isn't as good as the original, uh, you know, was it 60s version of the Wasp Woman. But, you know, at least he helped keep that legacy alive so that we could eventually find it on some random collection of like 30 horror movies on DVD at like Walmart. Yeah, I was going to say, remember like Walmart had the bins and it was like, I don't know, it was like a dollar movie. And then they were all like old horror movies. You're like, hell yeah. And you just take a handful. It's like just randomly just don't, you know, whatever you get. It's kind of like a 
It's like a fun adventure. I still have a bunch of those. A I bunch know. of those, like the the DVD collections that we I used to buy back then. I still have yeah. a ton of them. So cool. Just in case you know that there's ever some kind of ecological disaster that destroys like all of the internet, but I still need to watch the Wasp Woman. I will be able to. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of watching the Wasp Woman, why don't we get in the plot of this story? Heart, plasma, all. You need a deal. Has them all at the park. Plaza Mall. Come on down to the Park Plaza Mall, your hometown shopping destination. We've got so many stores, your head will explode. Our Labor Day weekend sales are so shocking, you'll simply pass out and die. Be sure to stop at Furniture King, the tri-state area's number one destination for illicit teen activities. And don't forget Roger's Little Shop of Pets, now selling exclusively tarantulas and snakes, both real and obviously plastic. Let the Park absolutely seamless transition so uh opening the 80s you can tell because of the smash music cut. <laughs> actually this time it kind of is a smash cut because the guy is. smashes a window yeah a very uh 80s style uh uh rapscallion breaks open a window at a um jewelry store takes handfuls of jewels that are sure to have shards of glass in them uh, with his like, uh, he has like one of those wool knit caps, you know, high jeans. Like he's a very '80s criminal, and then he is on the run when he is ordered to stop by a robot. He doesn't surrender. He attempts to shoot it, and the robot tasers him. And it's like, wow, this is an interesting way to start this movie. But it was actually a movie within a movie because it was like a sizzle reel for the security company that makes the robots. That's presenting it to, I'm guessing, like people who own stores in the mall definitely not all mall employees <laughs> yeah yeah i did, did i didn't follow it because there was that cynical couple i'm like who are these people yeah that so i think that they are known for being in a bunch of low budget movies and stuff like that but i didn't really i don't think i know many of the things they've been in that was uh paul bartell and mary warrenov as uh paul and mary bland i think the bland is a take on the fact that all they do is like roll their eyes and make not very funny quips about what's going on. Occasionally somewhat racist quips, actually, because then he say that the one robot looked vaguely ethnic. Yeah. Like, I dude, was they like, all oh, look the same. They're robots. Like, so, oh, my God. Yeah. So I was like, I'm sure this is supposed to be played for uh, for laughs, but there were few laughs to be found. You know, it's just kind of your standard, like setting it up like as like a doctor who's explaining like the. You know, oh, these robots are controlled by a central computer on the roof. And at night, starting at midnight, you know, there will be blast doors that close and lock them all off until dawn. And the robots will patrol all around the mall, but they won't go in the stores. And then someone obviously asks, like, won't they kill you? Like, like, how do you know they won't kill you? And um, basically, the doctor just says, look, they have only non-lethal capabilities. Not true, first of all. Uh, very lethal because they have, they mentioned that they have lasers that can cut through rubble in case there's like a disaster. It's like, let me tell you something about the human body. It is not stronger than rubble. And then he says uh, the best line uh, in the movie so far, which is absolutely nothing can go wrong. (laughs) And then opening credits, eighties music jamming out, chopping mall credits, random rude people who push a kid uh, to mess up his ice cream in an elevator. Yeah. Chocolate Uh, all over him. What an awesome eighties intro though. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a very much a series of montages of what malls are. And that was why I was like, man, it, 
we knew what malls are, right? Because it seems to me like it's almost introducing the concept of malls and like the chaos that ensues at them. But anyways, the end of this montage, we cut to our first two main characters. Man, you missed the best part of the montage. Which part is the it? lady in the food court? How many times did she almost drop that tray of food? Oh yeah, no, I I felt so bad about that. I didn't even want to think more about it. Cause yeah, she's carrying like a, a tray full of like open top soda containers and like hot dogs and stuff. It's like they loaded up. Like, what would you not want to get spilled on you? And they're like, all right, put it on this lady's tray and have her walk around the food court, and then we'll just. And she's running through run a nightmarish food court. Yeah, and that's not how food courts work. They don't bring you your tray of like chili dogs and sodas. Like they just set that scene up to give you anxiety, and you knew she was gonna spill it, and of course she spilled it all over the people that it was intended for. That was devastating. I know, but like, so you're like, okay, you knew it was going to happen, but they did, they did a good job of like, keep delaying it. Like, oh, oh, oh. And then finally she just topples all the pop all over everyone. It was awesome. I loved it. I would say without any hyperbole that that was the most stressful uh, scene in the entire film for me. <laughs> I agree. Me. And that is a film full of like people getting murdered by robots. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she's going to spill all of this stuff. That was- robots <laughs> na- voiced by Jim Warnorski. Yeah, Jim Winorski, you know, <laughs> in an effort to make sure that the budget is maintained, voiced all the robots. So, yeah, uh, we, we can go back to this. Yeah. So our main uh, our first two main characters, um, you know, Kelly Mar- uh, Maroney is Allison and then Barbara Crampton as Susie uh, working in a pizzeria run by a very stereotypical, uh, greasy old Italian man and decorated inexplicably with movie posters consisting of all Roger Corman movies. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that every single poster on the wall was an old Roger Corman movie. It's like, it. yeah, this man's uh, this man will not allow for any uh, opportunity of self-promotion to go by without <laughs> being used. So, so yeah, basically uh, you get the vibe that uh, this is, you know, Allison's new to the job. She's not having a great time. She drops a plate. The, the boss isn't really mad at her, more disappointed, which actually probably hurts more than just having him be mad at her. <laughs> she has a, a rude customer uh, who's just a very large man eating nonstop uh, greasy items played to hilarious effect when the at the end he says, waitress, more butter. Yeah. It's like, all right. They really leaned is- into that joke. Yeah. They, it's like, yeah, it's like, this guy's fat, but like, but how fat is he? <laughs> it's like, but he's more butter. Yeah, like any human beings ever, like, yeah, give me another stick, please. Like, what are you they, eating I, that you need all that butter? You're at a pizzeria. What are you putting butter on? Which was kind of strange. Yeah, it's like, man, this dough doesn't <laughs> <Just> have enough, <laughs> enough, like, fat content in it. So, yeah, then we kind of cut to a storm. A storm starts raging uh, outside. Uh, a very short-lived storm. It seems to only exist for a few lightning strikes. Uh, almost entirely located on the rooftop computer that controls the robots. So the, the the lightning strikes happen. There's some kind of reaction in the control room. The technician is, you know, freaking out, trying to like push dobs and levers. You just get the feeling this man knows what he's doing. We don't need to know what those knobs and levers do. But apparently none of them tell you that your robots just became murderers because that lightning turned the robots evil. Um, some of you may think, but I thought that lightning strikes turn robots good because short circuit Johnny five gets struck by lightning and he goes from being a military murder robot to being a super chill robot who hangs out with Steve Gutenberg. (laughs) Do you, you know what I'm talking about? You know, this movie boy, were they wrong? Yeah. So I I think that (laughs) I was thinking a lot about this probably more than I should have. So I think that 
these robots are supposed to be non-lethal, like, you know, not necessarily friendly. They're still, you know, security bots, but they're not like war robots like Johnny Five originally was. So I think that lightning just changes your nature as a robot. So if you are a security bot that's non-lethal, you become lethal. And if you're a war robot that's designed for murder, you become good friends with Steve Gutenberg. Have you ever seen Short Circuit 2? Um, I'm sure I have. Uh, it's definitely not as memorable as Short Circuit 1, but may, hopefully it has less of a white actor playing an Indian character, which is what Fisher Stevens does, I think. In the, uh, I'm the pretty Short sure it's Circuit. the same guy. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Not to derail us, I just saw, I'm like, I can't believe they made a second one. I didn't even know there was a second one. Yeah, I mean, how do you improve on perfection? Yeah, chud, that's how. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Short Circuit, does it chud? I don't know, maybe we'll do it sometime, because I think it came out in 86. Wait, isn't that the same year? Yeah, I think it came out the same year this movie did. So, uh, two different movies with two different visions of what happens when lightning hits robots. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but then anyways, we cut down to the... Oh, well, we don't cut yet because the robots have to murder their first guy, which is yeah, the technician. Cut. Yeah. It's not, well, we didn't smash cut yet. Oh, yeah. I guess we kind of, I didn't really look up what a smash cut was, but yeah, it seems like <laughs> we smash cut to uh, this guy opening up his uh, very big, like, folder of, I think it was like technical documents for these robots. Like, what to do if lightning strikes the roof? Yeah. <laughs> what to do if your robots might be evil because of lightning? And instead, he pulls out a porn mag. It's like, sir. Your life could be in danger. Look at these directions. But he doesn't. He opens up a centerfold and is gazing at that while a robot sneaks up and murders him. And one of many instances where the robots sneak, despite being the loudest things on Earth, like their treads are so loud. Every scene where they're, we see them driving, but anytime they have to be off off screen, they're in stealth mode somehow. Yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of funny. And then like the other thing with that scene is there. Like even before the lightning was striking, he was constantly looking behind him, like setting it up, like like oh oh <laughs> oh what's that? <laughs> well, yeah, because like the robots, because at one point the robot looks around and its head is not quiet. It's like and its little red eyeball light is up, like it's looking in at him, but he's too busy. So we'll just go back to we'll just go to like our many characters to be introduced, only to be later murdered. We cut to three dudes that are working in a furniture store. We've got Ferdy, and you can remember him because it rhymes with nerdy, and he is the nerdy one of this group. There is a guy named Greg, who seems to be like the ringleader sort of dude, and he's the one trying to ease tensions between our nerd. And then we have the uh, the gum-chewing Mike, who is the one who's kind of like the more stereotypical douchey guy. Yeah, who's like, bro. you know, it's like, yeah, I got the beard, dude, don't worry about it. So there you go. There's our, there's the, those three archetypes. They're arguing about, you know, obviously Ferdy wants to do his work because he's a stickler for the rules. Um, He's trying to find some fuchsia for some old lady. And I only remember that because I, I sometimes write down lines that stick out to me. And at one point, like Greg yells at him. He's like, fuck the fuchsia. It's Friday. And I'm like, but it's a mall, man. They're open on the weekends. Like, yeah, they will This be isn't like tomorrow. a nine to five Monday through Friday thing. Like you have to, like you, you might need to like see that lady tomorrow. What if you don't have her fuchsia? Plus so. it's his uncle's store, which they don't really get into until later. But yeah. Yeah. They just talk about how he has like a lot more responsibility than the other guys do because it's his uncle's store. But that's how Greg kind of uh, like kind of eases him into the idea of having oh because they're planning a party i forgot to mention that they're planning a party for in the furniture store because why not party in a furniture store in a mall 
overnight that makes sense you know but so they want to have this party and and greg is like don't worry if you your uncle knows we had a party we'll all be in trouble <laughs> like yeah you're not all related to him i'm sure he'll have way way more of an issue with ferdy but he convinces ferdy to do it so kind of moves on i think that at that point mike uh sneaks off to meet his girlfriend who is played by Susie slater that's uh leslie her dad, I think, owns the store that she works in and is not approving of their relationship, probably because Mike's constantly chewing gum. And we've mentioned this, but he reminds you every time he's on screen how much gum he has and how much he wants to chew it. You know, I always wonder, like, the direction was, like, he just, like, wasn't doing well. And, and Jim's like, all right, we'll just pretend you're, like, chewing gum or something. Because I feel like yeah. no one has that much gum in their mouth ever. Yeah, but more, please. I need yeah. more gum chewing action because it does seem like, especially in scenes where he isn't talking, he's just constantly chewing very loudly next to people who are talking. Right. I'm like, it's like, don't forget I'm on screen too, guys. Yeah. Then from there, we get to uh, Allison and, and Susie in some kind of mall changing room. I worked in a mall. I don't really remember there being like changing rooms for the employees there, but I think it might have just been an ex- an excuse for Jim Wynorski to have like naked women walking around in the back because that was pretty much agree. seemed to be the purpose of that entire scene. Um, it's just a little scene to uh kind of tell us that Allison doesn't really want to do this party thing, but Susie's talking her into it and does manage to talk her into going. You kind of get the vibe that the idea is that Susie wants to set up Allison with somebody, and then Greg had kind of mentioned that uh Susie had a surprise for Ferdy, so setting up the the inevitable, you know meet cute between these two characters the nerdier of their respective groups i suppose which is crazy so like ferdy's like the nerd in this movie but like two years earlier he was one of the bad guys from cobra kai like he was he was yeah. he was one of the buddies and then so if anyone's watching this and they recognize like where do i know this kid because the first like is this like rick moranis like junior like what is happening here like it was like he kind of has that rick moranis look but I did some research. I looked into him. He played one of the Cobra Kai guys. And then um, whenever they did the new Cobra Kai series, that's like popular now. Um, when the one actor was dying of cancer, they brought him all back to do like a reunion. And uh, he was there. So yeah, I thought it was weird because typically these 80s guys get typecasted pretty hard. So I thought it was kind of strange that he was like the bad, one of the bad guys in Cobra Kai. And then Two years later, he's yeah, like, in both, uh, yeah, the Karate Kid and Karate Kid, yeah, part not two, Cobra Kai, yeah, one Karate of, Kid, yeah, Karate yeah, 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 one of, yeah, one of Johnny's little group of guys who were part of Cobra Kai, and yeah, bring him back. Yeah, for I don't the show. want to have to do one of your corrections at the beginning of the show, so yeah, yeah, let me help you with this now, so you don't have to do. <laughs> so I, I, I don't, don't know, have to shame. do like an embarrassing correction later. <laughs> Although I, I will say this though, uh, I don't really think he was that nerdy. I think he just put big glasses on right. him. I think that's just the beauty of props. <laughs> like he, he really isn't that nerdy. Like in in general, it's just they set him up to be that. Yeah. Because he's also pretty capable at combating robots later, or as capable as any of the other people right. are. Uh, where were we? I think we were go- we were smash cutting up to the um the monitoring room where the technician was murdered. Uh, <laughs> another technician comes in. The robots apparently cleaned up the corpse of the first technician, so as to not alert the second one <laughs> to their uh, new evil nature, and it's basically a really similar scene, except this guy's actually reading a book and seems unaware of even the initial issue that happened because again no corpse and the blood must have been cleaned up so these robots are really sneaky when they have to be um yeah straight up murder that guy you don't really need to talk about him too much well the phone call Um, was super important wasn't it just somebody looking for the first tech yeah yeah 
he's not here. Well, I I, th- I wondered about that because later on there's another phone call because they have like a phone call jump scare, right. and it's like, how do people get like like I see understand having the phone call to like the room where the texts are, but the later one is to a payphone. <laughs> like someone just called like looking for messages. That's a lot of calls at this to somebody. Mall. Yeah, well, I mean that was how it was back when you had landlines. Right. Hey kids, so uh, when you would go to a mall, <laughs> We've done this. <laughs> oh, when you go to a mall, yeah, there's yeah. payphones. We've already kind of covered all of the iterations <laughs> of phones at this point. Yeah, next in, next insert pager. We'll explain that one uh, when we get to the ni- to the nineties era. We'll we'll track the the progress of technology for those who are curious. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we bring in uh, now everyone to the party. Everyone's there at the party at the furniture store, which is like a terrible place to party because there's. I I guess I don't really have to get into why it's a bad place to party, but it's just got like a gate on it. It's like anyone could just see that they're partying in there. Who's like nearby. They're enjoying themselves. I think that the last couple, I I forgot to mention it, that they are actually married. It is Rick and Linda. And yeah, they are, they own like a garage. um, And they are kind of not super interested in going to this party either. Other than that, they're doing it for Susie, which is kind of why I said like Susie's the, impetus for all of this happening so yeah there's you know some good 80s pop music playing so that's how you know that the party's about to bump off ferdy is being dragged out of the back room talking about how he wants to do his bookkeeping but he uh he is introduced to allison and they are both obviously instantly smitten with each other as we the audience probably could have predicted <laughs> you have some nice like uh soft piano cue that goes in on it like I was surprised they didn't do like one of those like old, you know, in like the old like 30s movies whenever they'd zoom in on like an actress and it looked all kind of smudged. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it was like, <laughs> I was surprised they didn't do that. <laughs> it was basically one step away from it, really. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is when the robots, you know, are are start going going online. They're announcing to one another that they're going online. Very confusing. I don't understand if they each have their own like wills. Or like who they're announcing this to, but they're going online. I put that this is where I put in my notes that they are the loudest things on earth. They actually drive by this party, but it isn't time for them to be interested in killing our eight couple or our four couples or eight characters yet. So they right now they just move on. So like I thought about that, and I, I know I'm um, so I think about these trying to rationalize this stuff. So like they didn't start really well. We'll get there, but there's a reason they start trying to kill these kids. Kind of. So, uh, almost, there's almost a reason. See, I, I think that what you're saying is they, they kind of justified it earlier when they're like, they only patrol the common areas of the mall. They don't go into individual Correct. stores, except they straight up do after later, after they're chasing them. Yeah. But the, we can get right, into this okay. because there's, yeah, there's more to it. But, um, at this point, all of the couples other than the new couple, Allison and Ferdy, all the other couples are starting to bone down because who doesn't want to bone down in a furniture store near other people, you know, who doesn't want to bone down in Ferdy's uncle's furniture store. <laughs> yes. Each of them picking their uh, preferred furniture types, I guess, uh, with the exception of Ferdy and Allison who are watching a black and white film. That's actually a Roger Corman produced film uh, called attack of the crab monsters. And actually it looks pretty good. I kind of want to see. This I've never movie. seen it. Uh, I, I, the ending was kind of the foreshadowing was pretty wild. Like the whole ending scene thing. It's like, he gave his life and then they're just like, I don't know. That was just <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. We'll have to watch it. We'll add that to the list. The only reason I'm hesitant to add it to the list for this is because it came out in like 1956 uh, or something like it's, it's pretty well, old. If we ever get back there, we'll, uh, we'll add to the list. <laughs> if we ever run out of movies in yeah. the more recent decades, we'll definitely head that way. But then we, uh, you know, 
Allison makes her move. You know, her and Ferdy are ostensibly going to be a couple. Then we move on to a very important character, Dick Miller, a very angry janitor, having a having a rough time of it. The other janitors are really mean to him. He actually is playing a character named Walter Paisley. And I don't know if you checked into any of Dick Miller's credits from before. Uh, he's a he's a really uh, like well-known uh, character actor. He's appeared in so many things and often as a guy of some recognizable role. And I say it that way because it's like sometimes he's a cop. Sometimes he's a security guard. Sometimes he's a janitor like he is here. Sometimes he's a garbage man. <laughs> it's just like if there's something that he can be where he will stand out and you will remember him. Dick Miller is going to be your man. And I looked it up and they said his name was like Walter Paisley in this. I'm like, that's a weirdly specific name. But if you go down Dick Miller's credits, he has been named Walter Paisley in so many roles. Others, he's just Walter. So it's like this like multiverse of all of these movies that he's been in over all of these like decades. Holy shit. Yeah, like the Twilight Zone movie, he was Walter Paisley. And I tracked it all the way back to uh, A Bucket of Blood, which was in the 50s. It was the first time he played Walter Paisley. Oh, my God. So, yeah, but probably to, to most listeners, he'd be best known as uh, Murray Futterman uh, from Gremlins and Gremlins 2, the new batch, because uh, in in Gremlins 1, I think he's the only person who, like, understands the existence of Gremlins, you know, other than the guy who gives the mogwai to the dad in Gremlins. But like, he's just like, as soon as stuff starts to go wrong, he's like, it's got to be Gremlins, man. <laughs> he like knows. And then he's like on vacation in New York in the second one. And when the bat gremlin escapes from the lab because it can go out in the daytime because of like the sunscreen injection they give it, he's the one who like operates the heavy machinery to cover it in concrete and turn it into a gremlin gargoyle. <laughs> so, yeah, important character from that. But he's been in, in so many things too, like Terminator, Small Soldiers, The Burbs, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, Night of the Creeps. Like, basically, you could just, like, throw a dart at any movie that's been released over all of these decades, and he might have been in it. Apparently, all of uh, Joe Dante's filmography, he's been in every single Joe Dante movie. Wow. Yeah. Like, that's wild. So, and for audience, you know, listeners who don't know Joe Dante, like, Gremlins is, you know, probably one of his more famous things. But he's also done, like, The Howling, Piranha, Inner Space. He's done a lot of stuff. He was one of the... Uh, there's like a, a a lot of directors that are kind of acolytes of Roger Corman and kind of like you'll see them doing a lot of Corman produced work and kind of got them started in the industry. And and Joe Dante was was one of those. There's a ton more like him. But for the purposes of just talking about Dick Miller, that's that's what his like relationship with Joe Dante was kind of enduring in that way. Um, but of course, things don't work out too well for Dick Miller this time. Because the robot shows up and just knocks his bucket over in an effort to like upset him further. That's the thing is like these robots like have a weird sense of like drama and irony that I didn't didn't expect. Like they 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 like they don't just want to murder you. They want to like make sure that they like scare you or annoy you or give you cause to underestimate them. Like they're really dramatic. So they so this row one of the robots knocks over his his mop water and you know, he's upset with it and it asks to see his ID badge and it scans it, but then it uses its 
fallen mop water to electrocute him to death. It was like, why'd you even bother looking for his ID if you're just gonna kill him anyway? Like, I understand they're evil now, but... I thought he kicked the water over to soak him with water to shock him and kill him. Well, that's what I mean. He did. But, like, he, he knocked the water over. But the robot knew. Yeah, but then the robot was like, I want to see your ID to, like, disarm him, <laughs> I guess, to, like, kind of get him to the point where he's like, yo, this robot isn't gonna do anything sinister other than be clumsy. No, it's gonna electrocute him. So that was the end of Dick Miller. If you were just looking for the parts uh, with Dick Miller in it, you could have probably turned off the movie here. But there's a lot of people left to die. So, oh, and this is the the first uh, instance of the robots catchphrase. All the collective robots have one catchphrase they say every oh, time they have a nice day. Yeah, every time they commit a murder, they always say "Thank you, have a nice day," <laughs> which is like pretty funny actually because. This is kind of ties into them having like some weird sense of humor about what they're doing. I'm like, it's like, maybe these guys aren't so different from Johnny five after all. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But then we go back to, uh, you know, our people having their weird sex party in the, in the furniture store, Leslie wants cigarettes, but specific cigarettes. What is it? Mike says that there's camels, but Leslie says, well, I want virgins or something like that. Like, I don't really know. I'll, all the cigarette it's like virgin virgin lights or something or yeah 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 and then she's like well there's a machine just down the hall and it's like well, that is that is a good way to date your movie is have a cigarette vending machine there yeah right so so like mike you know obviously you know he's gonna do whatever he wants to for his girlfriend um so he you know puts on pants no shirt just pants puts another wad of gum in puts yeah <laughs> gets another handful of juicy fruit and then heads out and he, this is the part where there's like, there's the jump scare where the phone rings while he's there. Right. And that was what it like. I was, I didn't expect a payphone jump scare. And then he answers it. And it's some guy named Jamal asking about his messages. <laughs> and then, uh, then after he hangs up the phone, he turns around and one of the robots is just there. And he's like, geez, you little bastards are quiet. But I'm like, they absolutely aren't, though. They are the loudest things. Why do they keep pretending that these things can be stealthy? Um, then, the you know, the robot asks for his ID. The robot scans it. Um, again, I think this is just a tactic to, like, convince people they're not going to murder them by scanning their IDs. He says, Klaatu Barada Nikto to it. Uh, just, Which was awesome. Just to show his like cinema such, literacy. Such a good, <laughs> such a good reference. Yeah, just to show that he knows yeah. about the day the Earth stood still and is not afraid to reference it. But anyways, it sleeping darts him when he turns around and then crushes his throat. I guess cuts it right. It cuts it cuts his throat. Yeah, I I think so. I it's kind of un, it's kind of unclear of because uh, there isn't a lot of visual chopping, so you don't know. <laughs> what what's actually happening but yeah I, I would say it's more of a laceration well that's kind of going back to like because you recognize the hand as a reacher grabber toy so it's like those don't yeah. cut so i was like oh it must be crushing his throat it's like no nah, later on the wound has definitely been a sliced open so um yeah from there uh it goes back to leslie now wondering I where can't wait for this part been. yeah this is like where it gets it's like the coolest scene <laughs> of the whole of the whole movie so uh yeah so like you know, Leslie goes out looking for Mike. There's it's like, this is the part where I'm like, these robots, like if I was wondering if they're doing it, <laughs> I have like a sense of drama about what they're doing. Now I know for sure because it turned off the lights in that hallway. Yeah. And it propped him up. So she <laughs> propped him up. 
in sitting position behind, like beside the cigarette machine. So she walks over <laughs> and then she like, is like, you know, Mike, what are you doing? Like, lo- like grabs him, his head, like tilts back, showing the throat cut blood and all that. She <laughs> screams instantly. The fire doors in the hallway next to her bursts open in a way that's <laughs> impossible for that robot to have opened. He, they just fly open simultaneously. <laughs> And there he is. And he comes flying out, chasing her down. Um, I just love that. That is like, I, I was on the, one of the IMDb things on goofs. It's like, there was no way the robot could have opened those doors from how it was positioned. I'm like, exactly. I saw that exact thing. <laughs> the internet gets it right sometimes. So she's on the run. It's shooting at her with its lasers. <laughs> we were told they were lasers for cutting uh, rubble in the event of an emergency, but these are pretty clearly straight up like, sci-fi lasers that are being shot she gets just to the area where everyone can see her being pursued by the robot and then it fires a laser and just explodes her head just like yeah everywhere yeah just like boom yeah and this is like a famous scene from this movie like this is why like a lot of people like practical effect people like they they set up a lot of stuff to blow the head up yeah it's like there's it's like chunks and blood and everything like that yeah and it's like really funny to to do it that way because hitherto our robots have been kind of like careful about how they're doing their murders. And this is as far from careful as you can get to wait until she's in clear view of all of her friends and then blow up her head. So like I knew that there was a crazy death in this movie. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to happen that soon. So like when that <laughs> happened, I'm like, Holy shit. Cause it comes out of nowhere. That was the one. Like, yeah. The main one. <laughs> yeah. They like skip, they like skim her arm and it, like, there's a little black mark. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh, okay. It's like a weird laser. And then she just like stops and turns and looks at him and then she's gone. That's the thing is that's like that weird artifice about it because like they need to set up the effect so they can't be on the run while they do it. But yeah, the way she like turns and it's like she stopped running for a second and then just boom, like a flesh balloon exploding. The robot, of course, says, thank you. Have a nice day because he he may be a murderer, but he's not going to be rude. And at this point, he starts breaking into the store to get at the, the others. And you said that this is happening because... It, what, it saw them or knew she was going there well, and knows that it needs to so get to them. Here, here's like how I thought about it, right? So I don't think like here, here's there's two options, right? The robots are lightning causing them to be just completely murderous, like malicious, which there's a lot of evidence that shows that. But like most of the movie, was, seems to show. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then it like rolls past it, the janitor, uh, our boy Walter, and you know, oh, here's the badge. And then he kind of hits it with the mop, right? Antagonizes it. And then it kills him. Then, so when uh, Bubblegum Joe goes to get the uh, cigarettes, I'm bad. I can't remember his name. Mike. Tom. <laughs> Mike. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> insert, insert like white wasp name. Yeah. Uh, it's probably Biff or like Chad or something. Anyways. So like he goes to the cigarette machine. He turns around and like, he's like intruding, right? So like it set the tone in that movie in the beginning that any that's going to deal with intruders. So like the programming's faulty. So it thinks it's it thinks it's attacking intruders, but then it chases that guy all around the mall in the movie. So like its programming is to follow these people. So I think it it thought that they were intruders, but I mean honestly they were just murderous robots. But I was just kind of offering an alternative. But yeah, um, yeah, because up until know. then they had not gone inside of stores. They're still obeying part of their programming, right? Unless at this point they just like saw her like running that way, and it's like, oh wait, I'm now a you know, untethered robot. None of the laws of robotics apply to me anymore. Yeah. I can do what I want. So like, you're going to kill. They're going to so break they were the, the heroes stores. the whole time, right? 
Um, I mean, let's be honest. The kid, they're the kids. They they say they're teenagers, but they don't. They aren't teenagers. They're like all in their like thirties or something. But like, yeah, yeah. So it's like all of these like people in the mall, young adults. Yeah, they shouldn't have been having a party there. I don't know if it right. warrants being murdered by robots, but you know how it is. Um, yep. And at that point, you know the uh, the uh, blast doors for the entire mall come down. <laughs> so it's midnight. They're now trapped until dawn in the mall with robots. Now we have a movie. So they basically the guys uh, help the 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 remaining uh, women up, which was smart up into yeah up into the the heat vents. clever yeah yeah. Or into the yeah into the vents, the duct work, yeah, yeah. the ventilation yep. work. So like they go up there. Uh, there wasn't enough time for them to go because the robot was breaking in. Uh, so they just go out another door. Which if that was always an option, maybe they should have all gone together. But I get it. They wanted to let the ladies like be safe up in the vents while they immediately decide that they're going to start fighting back against these robots. So they're going to go to. They all at once announce Peck and Paws. Which is the name Loved of it. a sporting goods store, also the name of famous director Sam Peckinpah, which I'm sure <laughs> is the reference. Yeah, so they go to the store. One of the what was it? It was like uh, Rick quips, "Don't worry, I've got the keys," and just breaks the front of the store open. I'm like, man, you'll go breaking more stores open. You're gonna make the robots even more upset. They gather weapons, and it was like the one dude had a shotgun, makes sense. The one dude had a propane tank, not super effective, it makes sense. He also had a what a 44 mag because he made a reference to how it was the same gun that Dirty Harry uses. Um, yeah. In fact, it's not. The barrel size is actually different, but same, I guess, what caliber of weapon. Take that, Ferdy, you nerd. <laughs> yeah, Ferdy, you, you're not even nerdy enough. But and then <laughs> and then Rick inexplicably seems to have like an assault rifle. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, what is like it has like a, like a clip loaded, like semi-automatic assault rifle. He just yeah. has that in like a sporting goods store. But yeah, like probably the best weapon, except that it doesn't appear that any of them actually are effective at all to these robots. Like bullets are bouncing off of them. Robot advances, but slow enough that they have enough time to get a lot of shots off. Uh, Ferdy being a real goat, you know, he throws the propane tank, which Rick detonates with his assault rifle, uh, seems to kill the robot. Will it stay dead? Uh, no. Just going to say it now. No, it's not dead, but they believe it is. And they think that they're down one and they only have two more robots left. Then, you know, uh, cut to the vents where Susie is having uh, some kind of weird meltdown. It really seems like she's having a panic attack about being in the vents, which I can actually appreciate that. Like, I don't know how I feel being in an enclosed space like that while there's murderous robots out there. But at the same time, probably better than the murderous robots. So yeah, Allison's trying to talk her into staying there. It's kind of implied that they're pumping, like the robots have started pumping hot air into the vents to try to turn the heat on to try to flush the women out. Yeah, which is interesting because it was never hinted before that they had uh, control over like the climate control for the entire mall. But at this point, there's basically nothing these robots can't or won't do. So like Allison's trying to talk uh, Susie down. It's like you know, oh. You know, we work in a pizzeria. It's way hotter than that there. But, um, you know, she is uh, just convinced that Greg needs her help, her her boyfriend being Greg. So the women opt to uh, exit the ventilation uh, unit at it seems to be an automotive store just based off the equipment they find, because it seems like they find just a ton of gasoline canisters there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's like a nice little. uh 
cut just for us, the audience, where it goes back to a uh, dead robot and it's resurrecting itself. And by that, I mean, it's just sitting up because to us, it just looked like it was knocked <laughs> over. I don't, yeah, I don't know why they believed it was dead. I mean, it was implied that it was leaking like hydraulic fluid, but we don't know how these robots work. Cause one of the guys is like, it's robot blood. Yeah. Like, okay, man. Sure. It is. Where, where are we at? It was, um, so they're, they're in the, uh, auto store with the oil and the, they're making like Molotov cocktails. Oh yeah. 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 So this is one of the parts where one of the robots goes into stealth mode. It just pulls into like a nook somewhere yeah. and just turns its lights off. I'm like, these dudes are sneaky. They're learning how to, how to do this. And at this point, you know, the guys are, are off doing some kind of, uh, propane canister trap on one of the elevators. The goal being, I guess, to, you know, lure a robot there to destroy it. But then here's the first of, well, not the first, there was plenty of scenes of uh, the ladies screaming throughout, but this was like one that I had to like turn this down. So my neighbors didn't think I was murdering somebody. So stealth robot emerges to chase after the ladies who are running down the hallway with their gasoline canisters and Smart. Barbara Crampton living up to the title of screen queen screams so much dude. And I was like, there's no way that she can keep this up. But then <laughs> she falls, drops her gas canister too close to herself. Robot lasers it. And then boom, she's instantly ablaze. <laughs> so yeah, that was a crazy scene. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. I, uh, I didn't like these robots. Like, you know, if there's any way to kill people that isn't chopping, they're going to do it. <laughs> so that robot like instantly recognized that she had like a can of gas next to her. And you know, it, I, you know, always sucks when someone gets murdered by a robot, but at least I was able to turn the movie up again. Cause her screaming was, uh, I was worried the cops were going to show up. Probably the most gruesome kill actually is that burning alive scene. Like I get that the headshot scene is like crazy graphic for us, the audience, but like the getting burned alive by this robot, I was like, man, this robot really had it out for, th- for this one. Yeah, but like, didn't she like get up and like kind of go towards them? Like, it wasn't like she like fell on the ground and died and burned to death. It was like <laughs> she she had like a death scene and like an actual death scene. Yeah, well, she well, she like fell down and then like inexplicably never really got back up until it was time for the robot to shoot the gas canister, and then she just kind of yeah. stood up and like burned up after that. Um, you know, Greg. Uh, is upset because his girlfriend just got burned alive. So he starts shooting the robot with uh, a shotgun again, just as effective as it was earlier, which is not at all. So basically at this point, they are all kind of on the run. And what was it? I think Rick had stayed behind with the trap or something like that. Or he, no, he lured one of the robots to the elevator, crawled up through the, the shaft at the top of the elevator. And then he like jumps off the top. Once the robot gets into the elevator so that the others can shoot the um, shoot the propane tank trap and then, you know, kill it. This being a scene where almost the entire group of gun wielding people other than, you know, other than Rick, who's the person who's, you know, lured the robot there. They almost botch it by missing every single shot. But uh, Allison uh, takes the gun from Ferdy and shows him how to shoot. <laughs> fires and explodes it in one shot so cementing their love cementing their love and also yeah the, just that birdie's pretty <laughs> useless like you just have this man hold the hold the propane tanks yeah then we go off to uh you know i think they're all is this at the point i think they're hiding in the pizza shop where allison and Susie were working so they're, they're down one robot i think they still believe they're down two they don't know what we know which is that one of those robots right. has emerged yeah yeah 
Greg, uh, I have in my notes, Greg fairly asks why the women left the air vent. It's like, yeah, it's a fair question, Greg. Like they really shouldn't have, but like, uh, in the nicest way possible, you know, the, our, you know, remaining was it, we still have, uh, two women remaining at this point. It's, uh, what Linda and, and uh, Allison, obviously. Yep. So they like gently, but firmly explained to him that it was actually Susie who wanted to leave the, the vent, like leading to her own death. Like, like it's like you guys should have stayed up there. It's like that's true, my man. But she's the one who pretty much demanded it. So at that point, you know, Greg has his little breakdown moment. But Ferdy's able to buoy his spirits by coming up with a plan uh, to attack the master computer to shut down the robots. You know that gets Greg going. But the problem is it gets Greg going a bit too hard because uh, mm-hmm. as they're you know running through the mall to get to I don't know what is it like somewhere in the roof is where the computer is or is it on the third floor? Yeah, third floor. Yeah, it's on the third floor. So they're on the run, and he runs up like <laughs> he went, he runs up one of the escalators, and, and no one has caught up to him yet. So Greg turns around, his rookie move of not checking his sixes, and he just like yells, "Where are you guys at?" Tossed off a balcony <laughs> by a robot. Yeah, like like it was one of the craziest death scenes too. Is unser I thought they're like, oh, he's gonna get punched through the chest or something, right? Yep. No. Like, nah, it just picked him up and threw him off the edge. <laughs> just toss him over, yeah. So yeah, Greg's done. <laughs> he was surprised again. Another <laughs> instance of the robots being stealthy when the plot calls for it. You know, we get our thank you. Have a nice day. Because again, these robots, they're not going to be jerks. You know, other than the murder. But you know, <laughs> so like yeah, at that point, you know, there's someone that says has the line. I guess I'm just not used to being chased around a mall in the middle of the night by killer robots. Which you know, I understand that. I had That's worked fair. at a mall once in my life. Never once was I chased around by uh, killer robots. And at this point, they have locked themselves into a department store and closed the uh closed the big metal sheet to the to yeah. the, yes yep. so at that point um you know they have enough time for one of the robots to you know it needs to take its time to use its uh rubble laser finally for the way it was intended sort of which is to slowly carve its way through something which is the metal sheet door and at that point uh the remaining survivors have the idea to use mannequins as decoys. I'm pretty sure it was Allison who had the idea because other than Rick's plan to like bomb the elevator, every other good idea seems to be coming from Allison. So yeah, they, they set up like a series of mannequins as decoys and you know, robots, you know, even though they have a, they knew, they knew to, they knew that they like, there was two entrances, right? So they like set up an ambush. Well, yeah, because well, they still I don't think know that one of the that they they I think they still think they only have one robot remaining, don't they? Has uh, one? I don't remember. I can't remember when the other one surprises them. I don't know if I have it in my notes or not. Because at one point, I think yeah, I think by now they do know. Because yeah, one of them. No, no, they do because one was chasing them, and the one that got that revived itself killed Greg. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. So yeah, yeah. So the one has been chasing them, and then the other one was was the one that surprised them. So they do know they have. So two. the other stressful, the other stressful thing is these things can use the escalators. Yeah, they just roll up them like nothing. I mean, I they do have treads. Like, I guess that's how it works. But but yeah, I think like yeah, like at this point we shouldn't be surprised that the robots are very resourceful because they seem to be yeah. able to do anything <laughs> they need to do. They also are incredibly tactical, uh, using ruses to murder people most of the time. Um, and yeah, now at this point we learn that they can make, uh, you know, tactical decisions where one is going to go through the front door while the other one goes around back. So they're like velociraptors in that way. You're going to get attacked from behind, but unexpectedly the mannequin plan actually really works well. So when they were shooting at the mannequins, they'd set up like mirrors behind them 
and it reflects one of the uh, robot's lasers back at itself. So it starts having like some kind of conniption where it's like going crazy, flailing its arms and spinning around and shooting dire- uh, lasers in all directions, which unfortunately Linda doesn't take cover in time. And, you know, she gets hit and dies. Rick is not pleased that his wife was just killed, <laughs> as you can expect. So he just like jumps onto like some kind of cart, some kind of like go kart type thing to like finish off the robot. Um, the robot, which is emitting visible electricity, touching it is ill advised, but he does anyway. And then Rick dies kind of kind of unceremoniously for Rick because he seemed like he was a really capable dude up until that point. Um, but it does blow up the robot. So we know that that robot, just like the elevator one, is definitely dead. Mm-hmm. So now there were two, just Allison and Ferdy. They they split up at this point. I didn't really understand why they split up. I think that Ferdy was going to go look for the master computer. And I don't know what Allison was doing, unless they didn't know where the master computer well, was. No, they, so they, they got to the third floor. And oh, and they didn't know hallways. where it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, we don't know what to do. And they're like, all right, you go this way, I go that way. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, there's just scenes of them, like, looking around through corridors. Uh, no one... <laughs> No one will be seated while they check uh, long, empty corridors. There is one point where Allison's in some random room, and it's like the weirdest jump scare, I think, because the one of the doors like kind of opens a little bit. Like someone turned the handle and opened it, mm-hmm. and she like gets something and like opens it and then swings like at it, and it was just a bunch of junk. Like it was like piled with junk to the point where as soon as she opened the door, the junk fell out. But I'm like, how did the door open? <laughs> Who opened it? Like, just to get her set up for that, like, junk jump scare. I was, like, really hoping that this there was going to be some, like, like down on his, like, gruff, like, conspiracy theorist that's, like, hunting the robots that was going to help them. <laughs> I feel like, like the homeless, like, living in the back of the mall trying to protect everyone. But <laughs> Maybe that no weird luck. couple from the beginning. The weirdly yeah, snarky. Yeah, or something, right? Or, yeah, yeah I was, like, him, they, like, the whole time. Yeah, they knew, like, yeah. They were ready. They were ready no. for these robots to invade their place. Yeah. But yeah, then instead, though, uh, the robot once again showing its uh, sneak skills sneaks yeah, up like right behind. Yeah, her. literally right behind <laughs> her because they uh, the junk jump scare. It's like, did it set up the junk jump scare to get like? Because like literally when she turns around, uh, and then this is the part where you know uh, Kelly Maroney uh, gets her chance to match uh, Barbara Crampton's energy from earlier and scream so much so that I had to turn down my TV to avoid getting arrested <laughs> to avoid capture. Yeah. To avoid capture. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So she screams alerting, you know, Ferdy to her plight. Ferdy shows up and actually for once has some skills. He shoots the laser emitter eyeball thing to stop mm-hmm. the robot from laser beaming, which was, which was pretty slick, except, <laughs> Except at this point, the robot does a first, which is grab something and throw it at somebody. And it <laughs> like, grabs a canister, just tosses it at Ferdy, uh, knocking him out, possibly dead. Like we're led to believe that he, you know, is down for the right, count. The blood. Yeah. Because well, it went over and checked him. Yeah. It yeah. Like... It did check him and it didn't feel the urge to double tap. So you have to assume. Right. Maybe it didn't have its, it didn't have its laser beam. So it didn't know what to do. Right. Um, True. <laughs> this is. Now it's like we're down to our final girl and uh, the robot. Uh, She stands there for way too long waiting for this robot to advance on her. Again, with all of the loudness that its little treads can manifest, this thing is charging. So yeah, so uh, she runs into a pet store, which, you know, I 
which terrified me by the way i was like oh no yeah and this it's, robot oh like, no this robot hates containers with animals in them because he just right. throws every container but it's this is another question it's like is the robot smart or just lucky because it literally throws every snake or spider container that exists in that entire store and you know allison is hiding under something on the ground but this the robot frees every single tarantula and snake in the place and every single one of them instantly beeline for allison to like crawl on her and she has to like stay quiet with all these crawlies on her i was like are they like working with the robots looks there's nothing that unites us other than our disdain of humanity well did you get like so when i was watching this last scene i I got huge Terminator one vibes. Oh yeah. Yeah. When she's yeah. Like for sure. I was like, I'm like, man, this is shot like the same, like kind of anxiety, same pacing fear. Um, I obviously robot chasing a female protagonist, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Cause at this point too, like the robot doesn't have like kind of the cheat skills that it had earlier to like locate her. So it's like really, really close to a Terminator kind of scenario where it's literally just her and the robot kind of like, having this cat cat and mouse game. Um, Speaking of cat, uh, at that point, the robot has left the pet store, but then we get a cat jump scare, which, you know, classic (laughs) of all horror cinema. You got to get that cat jump scare. And that alerts the robot that she's still there because she screams. Um, So this, the, the chase has started anew. And at this point, I don't know how this tactic she had worked, but she like was hanging off a railing on one of the upper floors and the robot is next to her doesn't see her arms and like goes past her and she learning from the terrible fate that Greg befell realizes that she needs to fall on something that will break her fall. So she falls on like some <laughs> tent that's set up down there, like some display for a tent to break her fall and she doesn't die. Um, and now it is like weirdly kind of crippled. Well, yeah, at this point she's hurt to the point where she can't run anymore. Now she's got to like find a way to, lure the creature to her is like you know sort of a predator type thing it's like time for her to set up some traps it's like i'm gonna sexy crawl to this paint store (laughs) (laughs) no but she yeah so yeah she like crawls to the paint store just starts dumping out various paints and thinners and primers and i'm like not all of these can be equally flammable right like some of those paints are just paint Dude, back in the day, and hold on though, back in the day, solvent paint was like in. That was like the thing. So that was like the that was one of the coolest things I thought about this movie because they like the um that 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 cutter that they had and that paint would have went up like that. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, well I stand correct. I loved it. I, that, so we'll get into that later with the effects, but yeah, I was totally into that. It was cool. Well, and this is kind of like, and then in my notes I have like robot barrels in like a fool. At this point, the robot yeah. thinks he's got her dead to right. So he just blasts in there. She pulls out her uh, Chekhov's flare because earlier when they were in the, the auto store, she'd put a flare down her shirt in case she needed it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. So here it is. She needs that flare. Chekhov's flare. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so she tosses a flare, blows up the robot, throws his, you know, uh, thank you. Have a nice day back at him. Which is interesting because she probably only heard it said once, like when it killed, uh, what when it killed Leslie in front of them, because most of the other deaths happen kind of away from her. Um, yeah, true. But she's, but she's not gonna allow like any logic to get in the way of a good, uh, a good sign off line for this robot. Yeah, yeah good line. Yeah. So, uh, so she, uh, she's like doing her like limp away from the scene. 
Birdie's alive, just really injured. And he says something like what they said earlier, like nice shot or something like that. Just yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it's like, did you even see it, Ferdy? If you did, what were you doing? Not helping her out. But either way, either way, <laughs> they this is it. They like they you know together you know limp off to the sunset. You know, happy couple. Um, hopefully, their relationship can survive. You know, a time when they're not being pursued by <laughs> murderous robots. But um, you know, that's for that's for tomorrow. But this is the part that I actually thought was also really funny. So I did one of those like uh, kind of credits montages where it showed like the the performer's name and then just like mm-hmm. a still image of them. And did you see the one for Susie Slater? What's her her headless? The scene of her head? Yeah, ball? yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> like, that was hilarious. It's like yeah, the the filmmakers also knew how how important the scene was that so they used that as the still image for it. It's like, I can't imagine the actress was happy with that decision. Um, that was funny. Yeah. So, and it, I was watching the credits cause I am just a weirdo. And the, you know, in the special, <laughs> the special thanks at the end of like at the end of the credits, one of them was special. Thanks. Gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> like just, just the existence of gasoline. It's like without it, we, we wouldn't have had a movie. <laughs> So it was weird. Uh, and then we get like a nice little post credit sting of uh, one of the robots just coming out and saying, you know, thank you. Have a nice day. I don't know if it's implied that that's a fourth robot that we never saw before. If it was just one last chance for Jim Wynorski to show off his voice acting in the form of this I think, robot. I think both. I think both. A little bit of both. Yeah. So one thing I thought that was cool, and I don't know if you picked up on this and maybe again, I'm probably overanalyzing this, but so the movie they were watching, uh, Ferdy and um, oh my god, what was that? I'm gonna kill my what was Allison? The, what was the Allison? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, Ferdy and Allison were watching. It was the Crab Man or Crab Men, right? Or what's it called? Attack of the Crab Monsters. Yeah. So in the scene, the fi- there's three people left, and the male kills himself to kill that crab man, right? So the two can like be can like escape, right? And they kind of like play. It's like. They're all lovey-dovey on each other as it's panning out, right? But, like, Rick does the same thing. So there's three of them left, and Rick does the same, like, heroic, like, drives the kind of mechanical thing into the monster and blows it up, right? Oh, yeah, I he that drives that cool. card into the, yeah, into the robot. Yeah, I thought that was pretty it. cool. I, I didn't know if they planned that or were doing that on purpose, but that's what I said earlier. There was some foreshadowing because it was like, it's like, oh, it's pretty interesting that they they chose the same like when there's three left, that's it's like what it kind of happened. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Like I'm probably gonna have to watch that crab, uh, crab man video or uh, whatever. Attack of the cr- a lot, Attack of the Crab. I keep monster. making it sound like a lot weirder than it probably is, uh, or probably you not. You gotta watch honestly, that crab man video. <laughs> you gotta watch those crab man videos. Uh, yeah. So definitely gonna give that a watch to see if there's any other plot points that kind of overlap. Because again, I I don't I haven't seen that movie, so I thought it was just kind of cool how they kind of slotted that in there and they might not even have intended that but i i don't know if you picked up on that i kind of did i thought it was cool oh no i didn't actually seen it so that was uh that was new to me that that was how that movie had ended i mean i wouldn't be i wouldn't have been well, surprised no, they, to know that like when but... they were there that's how that's what the scene they were watching oh the ending like, scene of the movie when they were sitting there yeah that's the end of the movie they were sitting there and they were watching that scene of when the there was a couple and then the guy like dies in there like oh he gave his life to save us or something um so all right well never mind i thought too much about it as always <laughs> oh i mean it's like cool. i said this was also a corman movie so i wouldn't be surprised if the uh the comparison was meant to be there because <laughs> this like i yeah. said this movie was written uh 
you know, Jim Minorsky and Steve Mitchell wrote it and they wrote it relatively quickly. Like the original plot like, outline say. was done in 24 hours. Yeah. And they was shot quickly too. I guess it was like on location shot over the course of 20 days and then just two more days just like at the studio. And that was like it. That was the 22 days in and out, you know, 15 minute adventure. So, well, like with a short script and only 22 days of filming, like how do you think it'll hold up in our judgment categories? Heart Plaza Mall. You need a deal. It has a mall at the park. Plaza Mall. This weekend only, Ellis Paint Company's having a clearance sale on all their gasoline-based paints. These deals are on fire! On top of all that, you'll be sure to feel safe with our new Securitronics Protector Security Robots. Now with an 86% guarantee that they won't go on a murderous rampage. You'll find all this and more this weekend at the Park Plaza Mall. Park Plaza Mall. If you need a deal, we have them all at the park, plaza mall. Shop till you drop, then you'll die. Thank you. Have a nice day. Judgment categories. Um, categories, categories. <laughs> categories. Make it spookier. <laughs> Anyways, that wasn't yeah. even spooky. It was just weird. But yeah, for the audience, um, if you're new and haven't listened to the other episodes, uh, the judgment categories are story, acting, effects, writing, and cult factor. That being the little X factor that makes these movies extra special. I guess with story, I'm going to have to say uh, B. I love the idea of lightning making robots evil. I think we should come back to that as a society. <laughs> but everything else about like the, it was just like, excuse after excuse for why people had to be in certain locations for certain things to happen uh all right i'll give you the b because i'm gonna fight you on some other stuff i think but um oh <laughs> but no I, no i'm probably not but yeah i think the story was tough for me at some points but it wasn't like it was bad i just was like kind of like wait what like why is this happening but uh it wasn't it wasn't bad so yeah, i'll give you the b I appreciate yeah. that, and I'm sure that the robots appreciate it too. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm like turning around, looking back every couple <laughs> minutes to see if my yeah, robots they, are... they will be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> They're not on. There's screen. no lightning here, so I think I'm okay. <laughs> For, For now. now, there will be eventually, yeah, probably Saturday. But yeah, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then the next is acting. You know what? Every character had their own thing. Like every actor kind of had their own idea of what their character would be, but you could tell that there's a lot of times where they're kind of picking one thing and just kind of rolling with it so i'd probably say c at best on this okay well we're i think we're in agreement i would i would do c as well yeah i mean you gotta like even though i did complain a lot about all of the screaming <laughs> that happened uh i think that like you know barbara crampton's character in particular like once you once she kind of started losing it you can understand why she would like start to come unhinged a little bit like that uh, i think you know kelly maroney's character throughout is makes reasonable and sound decisions, you know, but then you have people like Mike who just chew gum the entire time. <laughs> yeah. So. I thought some of the supporting actors in this, like the couple in the beginning, like the, um, the cheesy, like head of the company, like salesman guy that was given the presentation. I thought there were some other, there were some things that just didn't hit for me. Like I, I didn't like, and I don't know how much of that is writing versus acting. Cause it, 
again, you get into weird things like were they were they directed this way? Was it was it was the idea to capture a feeling like that? Um, but there were some things like even the guys running the the desk at the computer it was just a little too much for me at some point. So yeah, the technicians yeah. like one just wanted to look at a porn mag and then the other one right. just wanted to eat it. He had like gotten a sandwich or something and then was just like reading a novel. Right. It's like there's really no reason for us to see two dudes die other than to imply that there was some redundancy right. <laughs> in like the entire plane with these technicians. But um, and I think another uh, well, we can get into that when we get to. Yeah, writing, yeah for actually. sure. But yeah, I think acting wise, I would say C. Like I, I think, think that people did their thing. But yeah, there's... there were some good ones. There were some bad ones. It was average. Sure. The next is effects. Man, um, go for it. Here's the thing. Those robots reading about it afterwards like they were all actually like practical parts like they put together those robots they actually had five on hand uh in case anything happened to any of them or if they had to do some kind of uh stunt or something that required them to damage one yeah. of them and you know the head exploding was really cool but then you got moments like uh like the reacher grabber <laughs> grabbing someone by the throat and then you know now it's sliced like you know what i mean or like the any of the electric effects always look kind of weird because they always do that like oh it's like, like an x-ray post, kind of thing yeah it's like post-generated yeah, effect yeah, yeah. like where it isn't like actually practical if there had been more practical effects i think i like more kills that utilize practical effects i'd probably be a little stronger on it um so i'd probably have to say b really? or c maybe what, what were you gonna say i would say b or a her head exploded yeah, but it was just one exploding head. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll, I'm gonna fight for B. I man, they built right. fucking robots that, that rolled around set. Like I don't know. I I actually like the effects in this. I thought they were cool. The lightning was a little cheesy. It took it down for me. But think of all the fire. They did the stuff with the paint. They did the stuff with the propane tanks blowing up. They did the elevator scene where they actually blew up an elevator. I don't know, man. Uh, I didn't think about the pyrotechnics actually. And they did a lot of pyrotechnics and considering that when they filmed on location, like the security guards were really strict. So, you know, none of that was happening on location. So all of that had to be done in the studio, but enough to look like it was on location. And I think you brought me around on it. I think I'm going to go a, yeah, they like consider my head exploded like the elevator trap. Uh, they did the cool effect with the mirror. Um, they did the like the the laser into the the door like the vault door the, thing. The lasers were kind of goofy the, looking, but I think well, even when it was carving its way in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. That did look good. It looked like it was like I think they probably did like some kind of yeah, it was like a TIG thing welder or something. Like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But then they made it look like it was coming out of its head. So, so the only scene that I was like, "This is bullshit," was when she like put her <laughs> put her her shirt up to her head and, and walked through the glass. Okay, <laughs> I looked that up. You totally can do that, like legitimately. Like you can either if you can time your knee, your foot, and your head to hit the the hit the the glass at the same time, you can walk right through a, a glass panel. Yeah, I forgot to mention that during my plot synopsis. Just how many times Allison goes through glass in this movie? Yeah, like this lady hates the existence of panes of glass. Yeah, so I thought it was bullshit. But if you hit the glass at a certain like. Um, it, it's, you should look it up. It's crazy. You can actually do that quickly. Like not even like, you don't even have to like hit your head hard. You literally just walk into it and keep walking and it just explodes. It's really weird. Well, it is strongly survived. Like, uh, it's strongly implied that she has a lot of like 
background in like survivalist stuff and like a lot of knowledge because like she talked about her dad who's like a marine or something and she like like could shoot really well so the idea that she might have the skills necessary to do something like breakthrough glass not not crazy i guess but even like in my head i'm like okay is this even like humanly possible and it totally is so yeah i i think it's an a man i I love the effects i'm a sucker i'm a sucker for that stuff yeah no, you you brought me right, back because I forgot about all the pyrotechnics. Right, I just I was wasn't worried thinking about, about that. I was just thinking about the crappy lasers, but it's like okay, that's fine. Yeah. Like, not every laser has to be great. <laughs> uh, next is writing. Uh, I'll defer to this one to you, man. I I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't hate it, but I wasn't. I wasn't completely sold on it. It's it's one of those things like where I don't know if it's that the writing is bad. Or if the writing is writing characters who make stupid plans. Right. So, so like whenever they like, they seem to change plans on a whim, they have terrible ideas. Like there's times where characters double back and stuff like that. But like every time something does happen, there is at least a character justification for why they're doing it. Um, but at the same time, like, like think even about the ending where their plan seems to change from, you know, you know, getting to the master computer to just killing the robots. And you could say like, well, that was a plan of necessity because by that point, Ferdy's down, Allison's injured. She has to basically make this fight happen or it's over. I, I think I probably could give it a B because again, like a lot of the stupidity I think is written into the characters, whether you buy that or not is one thing, but like these are characters who decided that the best thing they could do on a Friday night is have a party at a furniture store so I don't think any of them are honor students. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would say B. Maybe a little. Maybe Jim uh, Winorski looks down a little bit upon people, but it seems like we just need an excuse to have robots run around and do some murders, uh, and have people have really dumb responses to it. But I think that there's enough uh, plot coherence that it wasn't like anything happened without reason. So yeah, I would say B. I'll go with you on that. I I would I would have leaned towards C. And my only comment would be, I it felt rushed and it, and like knowing the back, it's like in a vacuum, it's not bad, right? It's pretty good, but like knowing, like what happened behind the scenes, how quickly it was put together, um, you can kind of feel that, like you you can see that, like, but I mean hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, so like not knowing that it was rushed, I I would lean more towards a B, but knowing that it was kind of rushed and they they pushed it through, um. You know, I'd go for an average, but, you know, I, I can live with the B. No, let's give it a C then, because I think the next one we're going to give it a kinder thing for, because cult factor is always kinder. So right. I'm going to actually defer to you this time. So writing, well, I mean, I could defer to you last time for the higher one. So I'm just letting you pull me every which way. I, I'm very weak-willed today. Very weak-willed. Okay. So, well, that's, that's yeah. Fun. So, yeah, I'm, we're going to go C on writing. Yeah. So, so jot that down. So we were, we were story was a B. Uh, I believe so. And then acting was a C. C and then effects were an A. Yes, sir. And then writing was a was a C. All yep. Right, cool. Man, for all of the research I did, and I I really want to give this an A in cult factor. I'm so pissed off that that one, there isn't like humanoid robots because it shows the hands in there, which is awesome. <laughs> and there's no chopping. I was kind of pissed, but man, this movie's pretty wild. I think you I think you have to go with a cult classic. And and with the lineage, like the with the director. Um, I, I think this is kind of exactly what this genre is designed for. You know what I mean? Like this kind of really fits. Um, so I'd probably go A or B. 
Yeah, for Cult Factor, you know, you got you got a couple of Scream Queens in there living up to their names. Yep. You know, you got Susie Slater in her second to last role, I think, before she vanished off the face of the earth. You got my man Dick Miller in here playing Walter Paisley once again, continuing his legacy of uh, Walter Paisley throughout the multiverse. Yeah, Jim Wynorski. Like, yeah, no, this was never uh, never meant to be like some kind of Oscar winning yeah, feature. Right. They did it in 20 days. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to say A for Cult Factor. Yeah, I'm cool with that. It, it, it definitely had a mission and it accomplished that mission and it checked off a ton of boxes. Plus, that lady's head exploded. Pretty fucking awesome. So, <laughs> full on head exploded. Yeah. And it's so jarring. I hope everyone watched the movie because I feel terrible spoiling that because I was not ready for it the first time I saw this. Granted, I saw this like I think uh, two years ago is the first time that I got back around to watching it for the first time in recent memory. And like I could not remember this happening. (laughs) So it was perfect. Um, But yeah, so uh, yeah, we got the cult factor down. So the next up is the D roll. D roll. It's in the game. So yeah, nice. So just to clarify, we're we're at a we're at a B on the everything when you average everything out, it's a B. So it's letting you. I figured that's about where we were yep. at. So uh, audience, in case anyone doesn't know, the D roll is where we give it a final. Uh, a final column to slot it into, which is either cult classic, B movie, grindhouse, or trash. Fuck trash. Um, yeah, no, it's not, trash is number one. This isn't trash, and number one, yeah, trash is gross. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, okay. I hope that we. I don't think that as long as I'm choosing them in our movies for us, that we will ever be doing something that is actually trash. But you know, who knows? Maybe I'll be surprised by one that I thought was better than it was. I hope like when we start asking for recommendations as a meme, people aren't like, Oh, watch this one. <laughs> we watch it. It's like, Oh, great. Yeah. It's uh, like, well, we're canceling the entire yeah, show. Yeah. Right. Yep, going to prison. Um, it, it's, this is always one that's hard for me to kind of see clearly. Um, you talked about how the, we averaged it out to about a B, which I could see meaning B movie. But again, like I, sometimes it's like, I think that the, whole is more than the sum of its parts so i think what's hard for us right now is we're starting out with bangers right and we know that that's true we know we're we know we're coming in hot um by design right so we know we know that these movies are super popular um they're already kind of coined as cult classics i think our perspective maybe might knock it down a rung or two but in terms of overall I don't know. I don't say acceptance, but like overall, like um, how it's perceived in the community. I think this is a cult classic. Um, I'd never seen it. I did know about it before we started doing this. Uh, I've had friends that have watched this and like it. So I I have to go with cult classic. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's always hard for me to see clearly in movies like this (laughs) because I just love them so much like it doesn't even matter to me whether it's good or not it's just like it is great but i think it's something like this it really holds up well it's such a aesthetic it's such an artifact of its moment and it leans into its sensibilities so well and and at the end of the day i always think with the d-roll especially it's like i'm telling you if you're looking at movies like on a streaming service would i say yeah watch that like yeah watch that (laughs) see a head explode some murderous robots almost no chopping like it's great 
so yeah, I have to say, uh, cult classic for this. Um, yeah, there's gotta be a time, I guess. So I was thinking about it in terms of something like chud It's like, well, does it chud? No, chopping mall doesn't chud it chopping malls. It chops. And that's important. Well, no, actually it doesn't chop. So it doesn't chop. Yeah. It lasers. It, <laughs> it does maul. It does. It does maul, but also somehow has a fundamental misunderstanding of how malls work. <laughs> Which is also incredible. So I had to say, yeah, I'm going to have to say cult classic as well. I can't not allow it. <laughs> so we have a pretty solid roadmap for what, what we want to do with the next couple movies. And I have a couple that I love that I think are, I, I don't know why. I just have always loved these movies. And I might try to slot one in that I think might end up being a B movie for you. Um, Cause there, it's a couple that you, that I wouldn't even classify as horror, but um, they, they do classify it as horror. So I think maybe we could sneak one in um, in the future just to get some variety in because we we are coming out with bangers. Um, look, the, these are these are awesome movies. Um, Any way you look at them. So and now, if you don't like this genre, obviously you're probably not going to be as into this as we are. Um, but uh, if you're if you're a fan of this genre, these movies are all going to be probably top of your list. And if you haven't seen some of these and you're and you're kind of watching them, you know, with us for the first time, that's awesome. Uh, you know, welcome to the, welcome to the, I don't want to say obsession, but welcome to the family, I guess. Cause like, it's, what's cool about this community is a lot of people, um, you can find a lot of other people with similar interests. Um, and it, it's kind of cool. Like the comic cons, all the events they have. I know, um, through research in this, like, uh, the last drive-in. Oh the, yeah. The last drive-in uh, with Joe Bob. Yeah. Briggs. So yeah, the last drive-in. So like there, there are a lot of cool communities that, that really hone in on this genre and style of, um, of theater, which I think is, um, missed today. Like there are a lot of really good of it, uh, horror movies today though, but, um, not yeah, like this. Yeah. Well, that, that's like the, the beauty of it is that it's such a moment. It's such a cultural moment that there's room for everyone to kind of, get involved and talk about it and like express their opinions and stuff like that. There's a lot of people online that you'll see, you know, there's a lot of discourse about this stuff. And and I think that there's just, it's just like a really, uh, really open group, like an open time in cinema, like where it was like the, the burgeoning, uh, video market and stuff like that. Like where there were like, there's a serious business component that you could think was really like kind of cynical and was would be churning out terrible things but there's like a lot of like you know directors and writers and stuff working on like tight deadlines limited budgets but high concepts and they were just like let's just go for this and they did and that's what makes some of it so special couldn't have said it better but myself. i i do think <laughs> that our next movie might be uh our worst one do you want me to announce what the next one is gonna be yeah give it give it a give it a go <laughs> So I wanted to do uh, one of the like a, a monster movie kind of thing because we we had a chud now we had some robots we had, we had some stuff but I want to do a more traditional kind of monster uh, so we're going to do uh, the Howling Two Your Sister Is a Werewolf uh, it has another title it is uh, not as cool of a title so I'm not going to say that one <laughs> and but it is uh, very much a pretty traditional style werewolf movie hence the howling um granted there the first the howling was uh actually a joe dante film i think i mentioned earlier it's great and it did come out in 1981 but the problem is it's actually just un, just good and it's not really like i wanted to go for one that was like going to lean more into the schlocky sens- yeah. sensibilities in a way that maybe some of these other movies haven't quite done 
So yeah, if you're ready for a, if you're ready for a movie that will be bad, probably it's going to be this one. And I say that to not spoil for our listeners because I have seen it and I know for a fact that it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so spoiler alert on that. But uh, yeah, so it's on it's on Tubi. Uh, I didn't really see it much of anywhere else. Um, but yeah, so Tubi's free. Get on there. Uh, it is also. <laughs> So this is another, I don't want to, we've been going kind of long, nah, so I should probably wrap this up, but, um, but so the other howling movies after the second one kind of stand are like a lot of standalone ones. This is the only howling that is a continuation of the last howling. Right. <laughs> so literally it's going to continue right after the end of the howling one, which we are not watching for this podcast. So if you want to see what happened watch the first the howling or just read about it on wikipedia because i could have even gone with like the howling three the marsupials like which is the next one uh i think it takes place in australia hence the marsupial werewolves but i was like no i'm gonna like i'm gonna situate us right in possibly uh the worst time for a howling movie (laughs) and that's what we're doing so just a heads up if you like i use tv time as an app to help track movies and stuff if you're looking for this and you can't find it by um, the name that we provided, Howling 2. Just Google the different names because it, it had a couple. So like um, on one of the things I was searching for, I couldn't find it. And I had to search it by the second name and it popped right up. So um, don't fret. It's definitely on Tubi. So um, just you might have to do a little bit of digging. Not much, but just a tiny bit more if it doesn't come up right away. Yep. Yeah. I, I picked the better of the two titles in my opinion. <laughs> uh, you definitely did. So, yes. Um, all right, cool. Well, hey, that's that's all I had. Um, I don't know if there's any other uh, th- closing thoughts you had or um, anything else you wanted to bring up. No, no, no. I think that we, you know, I think we did a thorough job of covering this, like, what, 88 minute long movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think we've done a th- we've th- we've we've uh, scoured every nook and cranny for content that we could find. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, uh, I've been Shane. I've also been. Wait, no, wait. Oh, oh no, I'm not sure. Oh, no. Let me check my notes. Oh no. Stefan, oh, that's who I Yeah. Uh and you've been listening to the Dark Side Drive In. Uh thank you and have a nice day. Stay spooky. Stay, I'm trying out different spooky. sign outs. How's that? Yeah, one? you copied me. Spooky. <laughs> oh, is that you said say spooky? I don't know. I don't remember what I said. It works. Maximum spookery. Right. How's that? Better? Perfect. <laughs> Got in one or two. All right. Thanks. See ya. We also had a special thanks this week. The jingle that was um, used for the transitions in this was written and recorded by Rebel Revolver. They're a local rock band in Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, They're also close friends of the show. Um, You should give them a look. They are on Facebook. You can find them also on Instagram at Rebel Revolver Music. They just played the Millville um, Music Festival, so... They're pretty um, up and coming around here, and I think you guys should give them a look. Um, Normally, we'd play our outro here, but I am actually going to play the full version of the jingle that I didn't kind of chop up and mess around with. So, hope you enjoy. Thanks. Park Plaza Mall. You need a deal. We have a mall at the Park Plaza Mall. Come on down to the Park Plaza Mall.
your hometown shopping destination. We've got so many stores, your head will explode. Our Labor Day weekend sales are so shocking, you'll simply pass out and die. Be sure to stop at Furniture King, the tri-state area's number one destination for illicit teen activities. And don't forget Roger's Little Shop of Pets, now selling exclusively tarantulas and snakes, both real and obviously plastic. This weekend only, Ellis Paint Company's having a clearance sale on all their gasoline-based paints. These deals are on fire! On top of all that, you'll be sure to feel safe with our new Securitronics Protector Security Robots, now with an 86% guarantee that they won't go on a murderous rampage. You'll find all this and more this weekend at the Park Plaza Mall. Park Plaza Mall. If you need a deal, we has them all at the Park Plaza Mall. Shop till you drop, then you'll die. Thank you. Have a nice day.